Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. So last week, Pastor Fidel started a new teaching. We're, we're, we're doing a review. So we're not necessarily having a topic for the month, but we're reviewing a book. The book of Philippians. Um, or rightly put, Paul's, Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Philippine, it's in Macedonia. But then Macedonia. Hallelujah. And it was a town. Okay, so, Pastor Fidelis did a good, wonderful, splendid job on Thursday with chapter one, which is the introduction of the book. And by the grace of God, we're going to look at chapter number two. So, can I have, can we have chapter number two from verse one? We're going to read, um, talk a little. You know, when I was, when I was, when I was studying chapter 2, uh, it was leading me to plenty of other things. But for the, sake, for the sake of this review, I will do my best to stay in Philippians chapter 2 and not, not jump out into other scriptures because we're reviewing the book. So I don't want to jump. Because chapter 2 has a, a whole lot of stuffs that you can, you can pick a verse and then just um, tie to other scriptures and you have, you have a teaching or you have a sermon. So let's, by the grace of God, remain in chapter 2. It has 30 verses, verse 1 to 30. By the grace of God, we will run through everything. If we can't run through, we'll just touch a few things. Are we ready? All right, verse 1. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the, of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Hold up. Now, from chapter 1, we realize that this guy was in prison, right? Now, he has said a lot of things. He has said to them in chapter 1. Uh, remember, this was a letter. It was not initially broken into chapters. Okay, let's not forget that this is a letter. They had to break it into chapters so that they can compile it as a Bible. When he was writing it, he did not write chapter 1, verse 1. He wrote a letter. Okay, so it's a continuation of um, chapter 1. So he was still in prison. And then he had told them all the things he was telling them in chapter 1. How he noticed their love and all of that and all of that. Now, he's now telling them in this part, he says, if there is any encouragement, if any comfort, if there is anything to, to gain, if there is anything to give him joy, if there is anything to make him happy, he says, fulfill this, be of like mind. Be of like mind. Let your mind be the same. What does that mean? Let there be unity. To say I am like-minded with someone means that we see things from the same perspective. We have, we have, we have the bond of unity amongst us. So we're going to the church. He said, let there be unity among you guys. One person should not be going to the left and the other going to the right. Be of like mind. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Next. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, personally, I like Philippians 2 verse 3. And as several times I have used, I've used it as, as a scripture to explain other things as teaching. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. You know, strangely, the church in Philippi is like the church we have today. Almost like the church we have today. There's a lot of similarity. Um, there's one major one I would, I, would, I would share with us. Because as, 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 I was, as I was getting ready, I began to ask myself, why did Paul have to write all of this? Why did he bother writing all of this? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Now, questioning the intention by which they do things. We said the church in Philippines was a church filled up with love, right? So why do you love? Let the expression of your love not be done or expressed by having ulterior motives. As a child of God, why do you do the things that you do? This is what he was questioning. Let nothing be done out of ambition, selfish ambition, that, that they may notice me. So I do the things I do, I express God the way I express God because I want to be noticed, I want to be known. Or there's something I hope to gain from somebody so if I show some certain kind of character, I can gain that favor from the person. That's a selfish ambition. Right? He says, oh, Iman has so much money. So if I'm, if I'm committed to the choir... Imai is going to notice me and ask me if I've paid school fees. Right? Let nothing be done because of selfish ambition. I want to learn how to play the keyboard. Because if people keep seeing me playing the keyboard, probably somebody will come to me and ask what they can do for me. And then I can lay down on my list. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. How do you see your neighbor? When you esteem someone better than you, there is no need for competition. Right? If I esteem Clifford better than myself, it means I place Clifford's interest above mine. If I place Clifford's interest above mine, I do not strive to put Clifford down. I do not get joy. I do not, I do not, I do not feel happy when I see Clifford in a bad situation. I'm not trying to outshine him because I want him to do better, if possible, do better than me. So I value him. And in valuing him, my relationship and my reactions to him is reflected in the value I place on him. Listen, if we esteem each other above ourselves, we will not backbite. The reason why you are behind somebody biting on the flesh is because you see the person to be better than you and you are trying to make sure you are better than the person. That's why you want to use words and activities and action to destroy the person's reputation and destroy everything about that person. Because why? For you, in your mind, that person is a stumbling block 
to your shrine. But Paul was telling them, he said, esteem the other person better than yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I want to read it from here. It says, doing nothing from selfish or empty conceit. Through factional motives of strife. That's, that's the amplified version. But with an attitude of humility. Being neither arrogant nor self-righteous. Regard others as more important than yourself. Huh? Huh? Regard others. As more important, the most important things are the things we protect. The day I start seeing Ima as more important than me, I'll protect Ima's interest. So the reason why you are very quick to condemning people and killing them in, in, in public and looking for a way to bring them down is because you don't see them as important. To esteem someone above yourself, you must first realize that that person is important. And if possible, more important than you. All right, go back to your New King James. Verse 4. Verse 4. He says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Verse 4 again. It says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, meaning, whatever you want to do, it should not basically be what will benefit you. Hello? Your activities should be Geared towards what will benefit someone else. Remember the scripture. Remember the scripture. That the gifts are given for what? The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the reason why you use your gifts is not because you want to show. It's because you want to equip someone else for ministry work. Okay, you see it here now. You are not doing stuff for your own interest. So you are not, you are not expressing God... Because you want to gain something. You are expressing God because you are looking at how to improve someone else. Your expression of the Holy Spirit that you have is geared towards the improvement and the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So we're telling them, let your activity be for the betterment of the next person. And then in verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the big question every time I get here is, which mind was in Jesus? Which mind was in Jesus? Verse 6. Remember I said this was a letter. We're going to stick to the book. So verse 6 has to explain the mind that was in Christ. So this was his mind. Who being in the form of God, did not consider his robbery to be equal with God. Right? But made himself of no reputation. 
So this was the mind that was in Christ. Remember in verse 3, he says, let each other, let us esteem each other above ourselves. Right? In, in verse 6, he's telling you the way Christ did it. Christ was full divinity. You know that, right? For, for, for he's the word of God. For in the beginning was the word, and the word was the God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. For without him was not anything made that was made in him was the light, and the light was the light that shined to all men. This was Christ. He existed before the beginning began. But he did not think it to become an issue. He came in the form of man. He had to give up his divinity to become human. Understand this. Christ becoming human to die. How does it benefit Christ? In esteeming the world more than himself, he took the cross. So Paul was saying, let the same mind that was in Jesus. Because, look at it. There was no war in heaven. Nothing was chasing him more. You know, right? Nothing chased him out of the presence of the Father. The presence of the Father was not heated. There was no civil war. There was no arrest. But in considering you and me better than him, he took up the human form and came to die. That's the mind that was in Jesus. Hello? Ecclesiastes 2.9 Colossians 2.9 tells us, it says that Jesus was the fullness, right? He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he was, he was fully God, yet he became man. But he did not allow his God nature, right, to prevent him from doing what he needed to do. Look at it this way. He was fully God, yet he washed the feet of his disciples. In all his glory. He did not allow the beauty and splendor of his majesty to prevent him from serving. He was fully God, the one that cannot behold iniquity, yet he went to the house of a sinner. He brought himself down so that he would be able to relate with every kind of person. So let me give a little background again. Because I was, as, as, I began, as, I was asking myself, I said, why did I, why, why, why was Paul writing all of this? And then, man of God, I realized that the church in Philippi was made up of retired soldiers, basically. The city, the city of Philippine, of Philippi, right? And so, you would expect that in such a city, there are classes. Because a general is different from a colonel. And they're different from a, a, a lieutenant, right? So they have ranks. And by their ranks, they had, they had influence and affluence. And then they had economic status. So, it is possible that in the church, if a retired general was coming, he's obviously bigger, right? Than a lieutenant colonel. Abi, so Paul was telling them, your status does not matter. In this part of the letter, he was telling them, your status 
does not matter. He says, consider Christ. Right? Who had all the status, but did not allow his status to stop him from mingling with us who had no status. So let this mind that was in Christ be in you. That no matter what you are, what you have achieved, what you have become in the economy sphere, it should not make you look down on someone else because you think you have more than the person. There should be no distinction because of economic ability or economic control. I should not be treated better in church because I have more money than you. I should not only make friends with people that have money because I say we're in the same status. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Christ did not judge people based on what they had in their account. He did not pick his disciples based on how much economic power they had. It would not have been robbery for Christ to be equated with God. In fact, he was equated to God. There was no difference. Right? For he carried the fullness of the Godhead. Yet the man that carried the Godhead in body form was beaten by mere mortals. And like a sheep led to the slaughter, he uttered not a word. Was it because he was dumb? Because he chose obedience over the, over, over the show of his power. For most of us, small power like this. Small. Tukene. Eh? If you're from a dose stage, you understand what tukene means. Tukene, small, tiny. An infinitesimal of power or influence. You now have feather. Your hands can no longer drop. This is how you walk. When you come around and they don't carry your Bible, there's a problem. When people see you and they don't, they, they don't greet you, almost licking the floor, there's a problem. When someone talks to you, the next thing that comes out of your mouth is, do you know who I am? Benny, who are you? Who is you? Who are you? Why are we now so full of ourselves in church? Because of small things that God gave to you. Somebody cannot talk to you again. You're not the beginning and the end. In fact, you're not the one that began before the one that began the beginning. Because it comes for you small. Small. Because everything you have is his. Right? So Paul was telling them that, see, you may not all be on the same status economically, but as long as you're in Christ, you are the same. Learn to see yourself the same way. Where are we? Okay. That's verse what? Verse 8. He says, I'm being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let's go. Therefore, you know, Pastor Fidelis, sometimes when we read this scripture, we think that the reason why Jesus agreed to die was because he was looking for a name. 
I didn't hear you. Yes. That, that is looking for the glory. And that the glory is that a name that, that will be given to him that is above every other name. So we think Jesus did what he did because he was looking for status. So we do what we do because we are trying to gain relevance. But do you know the glory Jesus was looking at? Your salvation. For the glory set before, your salvation was more important to him than any other thing. The reason why he came was to kill your sin nature and give you a new life. That was what made sense to him, not anything else. He wasn't trying to come and give you the opportunity that will now make you be praising him. He wasn't looking for praise. See, let me tell you. Eh? If Jesus needed praise, Pastor Fidelis, if Jesus needed praise, he didn't need to die. All you need to do miracles. Do more miracles. The more miracles he does, the more his name will be reigning. So it wasn't about him having a name that is ringing bell all over the world. Okay, Richard says he needs to come as man to reign. He could, have, he could have just appeared in his glory. And you know, it would have been easier for the world to believe him if he had appeared. You just stand. And say, I am that I am. Yemi, yemi, yemi. Now thy sins are forgiven. And everybody will start healing him. Yo, yo, yo. So if you do what you do in church, because you're looking for relevance, the mind of Christ is not there. Remember what he said in verse 3, right? Esteem others above thyself. Remember what he wrote to? Can we go on? That in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and, and, and those of earth and those on the knees of earth. Next verse. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, this is the prophecy that has been fulfilled. Right? And if, if you read, if you read the, poem, the poem in, in Isaiah... In Isaiah 54. Is it 54 now? Okay, 45. In Isaiah 45, 54, 45, 45, 54, 45. In Isaiah 45, there's a, the, the, the poem in Isaiah, it's a prophecy concerning Christ. That by his death, all men will be drawn, right? And all men will be saved. So you can, you can go and read Isaiah 45 on your own. Add it to the things you're reading. Let's go on, let's go on. That's I said, that's I said, chapter 2. Chapter 2 is long. I wish, I wish I had, I wish we had two Thursdays to do it. If we had five Thursdays, we'd have done chapter 2 in two weeks. Okay, let's go. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Sir, this is another problem we have. We think this means works. Walk at your salvation with fear and trembling. We think that there are some things I need to do for my salvation to be complete. Hmm. This will take us another, another, take us another thing entirely. But Paul was not telling them that they needed to, to do things to be saved. He was simply explaining or trying to tell them to get mature. It's about maturity. I explained this when I was talking about 
who has big muzzle and who does not have muzzle. So when they say, work out your salvation, it's about growing up, getting matured. And how do you grow? How do you grow? We all have to open, have to unveil faces, beholding as in a mirror. To be changed from glory to glory is to mature. It's to come to a place of full maturity. So he says, mature. It's time to mature. Pastor Fidelis, it is babes that tell people, you can't talk to me because you don't have the kind of money I have. Do you know who my father is? I don't need to know. I couldn't care less. Because you, your father, your grandfather, your fourth generation, all of you, everything you have is called the court for you. Because the silver and the gold are God's. The cattle upon the thousand he belongs to him. It costs more for your family. Let me hear what. Let me hear what though. Let's hear what in church. The 2,000 that he gave to you is not enough for you to become arrogant. Let's hear what. Mature. Because when you mature, you realize that everything you own, including your life, belongs to him. And so you use it for his glory. The reason why you are still holding is mine, is mine, is mine, is mine, is mine, is because you are a babe. So he says, walk out your salvation. Grow up! Grow up! So be like a child. It's only a child. Listen, see. Give a baby biscuit. You bought it, right? And then tell the child, give me, try to put it at the back. That's how, some of us, that's how you know a child. And that's how some of us are in church. You gave that child 15 naira biscuit from the big money in your account. And the child is now putting the biscuit in his hand. And holding it and saying, no, it's my own. It's my, it's my, it's my. The hand, the child, the biscuit. If you want to take it, you can take it. Abi? Only cry. And you are from a family like me, we will do that. Cry is always to kill a child. But tears will help to wash the eye. You will see, you will see more clearly. <laughs> tears, tears can be good sometimes. You know, that's how some of us being in church. God has blessed you one million. Ah, it's mine. You put your hand at the back. God is like, look at that person. That person needs help. Say, no, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. That's your babe. And that's how your one billion cannot come. Because God is not looking for people that are storehouses. He's looking for people that are channels. The mind that is in Christ is a mind that believes that everything he has belongs to God, came from God, and so he gives it back to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, Alright, next verse, verse 13. He said, for it is God who works in you. Alright? Mature. Grow up. Because it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, when I was reading this again today, I, I, I told myself something. I said, the reason why God is not working in some of us is because we have refused to allow God to work. You know, a lot of us have told no to the Holy Spirit. In fact, some of us have bound the Holy Spirit. I bind you. Because what you are hearing is making your flesh uncomfortable. Oh. 
And so because your flesh is uncomfortable to do it, you say, I bind you. Get deep behind me. And then you start to pray and you're asking God for answer. And you're wondering, why is God not speaking? He has spoken already. But your flesh has refused for you to, to hear. He works in you but to will. So when he puts godly desires in your head, he has also given you the strength to do. Stop fighting it. So we're telling the church, your ability to love and your ability to give was given to you by God. So do not boast in the fact that we are a church of love. Hello? Or let's say in Living Springs now, we say we are a church that sings. We sing well. It is God that has given us the ability both to will and to do, to learn the songs, to master them and to sing them. Or you say, oh, we have, we have, we have sound, sound pastors in, in CGM, Global Bishopric. Listen, it is God that helps your pastors to will and to do of his good pleasure. The day the pastor starts to be like this. So it was, it was bringing it to their notice. Now see, you are a church of love. But it is Christ that helps you to will, to have the desire to express love and to truly express this love. It is God that has Pastor Fidelis to teach. In fact, first of all, understand the Bible and then come and teach it. The way he teaches it. So Pastor Fidelis cannot now sit down and say, Living Spring, I teach. I'm a teacher. After all, I'm the leader of school of the world. I'm the epitome of teaching. No. So he was telling them, God is the one that gives you the ability. Everything you do, every expression you have, is the Lord that has empowered you with the gifting and in the expressing of the gifting. Can you stop being a peacock? Because Christ was not one. Jesus never walked like this. In fact, let me tell you the bad part. Or the good part. Or whichever part. I judge the part by yourself. That's your, that's your judge. You know, Jesus was so, was so mixed up with his people that they could not differentiate him. Right? When they wanted to come and arrest him, they didn't have somebody to show them who he was. But think about it. Apostle Fidelis. With all the miracles he was doing everywhere, they still needed somebody to show them who he was. That's how much he allowed himself to mingle with these people. For you, they made you small HOD. You're not even pastor yet, oh. You are HOD of one department. Eh? No, let me not say small department because there's no department that is small. Every department is okay, right? But they made you HOD of one department. All of a sudden, you don't walk on foot anymore. You are walking on sunshine. Somebody needs to open your door for you. Because you mistakenly bought third hand vehicle. Third hand Nigerian use. Nobody can talk to you again. In fact, if your department head talks to you, you look at him from head to toe and say you don't have a right. How dare you? Right. Scripture says there is only one thing that goes before it falls. <laughs> pride. And pride is not in the mind of Christ. 
from which of you came out from your mother's womb with her ability? Even the one that was ordained a prophet, it was God that told him, he said, see, he said, before you were formed, I knew you. I ordained you. There is the God factor in it. He did not ordain himself. If you think you are too much, this night, tell son not to rise tomorrow. By yourself. Eh? Hmm? <laughs> so that we can know that it is you that helps yourself both to win and to do of your own pleasure. Next verse. Let's try and wrap it up. He said, do all things without complaining and disputing, okay? That you may become blameless and harmless. This half of things. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and preserved generation amongst whom you shine as light in... That's why I said the church in Philippi looks almost like the church we have now. Because now we're driven by class and we're living in a, in a very perverse world. In a very perverse world. So he said, become blameless. Live your life in such a way where somebody cannot, because of you, blame the gospel. Express the love of God to people. That people will not be able to say, ah, after all, it's, ah, and then later you say, you are going to church. Somebody's in your house, your street, your area, your neighbor has no eating, but you are. A countdown. Um, let me tell you. If you cannot, those of you looking at me, those of you, those of you watching me online, if you cannot show love to the people in your own neighborhood, and you come here to show love, they're hypocrites. So let me bring it down to church, because scripture says, "Do good to all men, try those of the household of faith." If you cannot assist somebody in the house, as in in church. A member, but you are looking for how to source in the level of your pastor. You are hypocrite. Because you know the reason why you want to do it to your pastor, so the pastor will notice you. You are notice me, notice me. And let me tell you, for notice me, eh? no reward, nothing, nada. You go get nothing. Garbage in, garbage out. You just did nothing, so you get nothing. As I was telling them. Do not bring blame to the gospel. So in your conduct, within the four walls of the, of the church, outside the four walls of the church, in your conduct, in the things you say, the things you do, do not bring blame or shame to the gospel. The expression of God's love should not be restricted to the four walls of this place. The true expression of the gospel is not here, it's out there. The true expression of the gospel is not here. It's out there. Stop expressing it only when you come here and start expressing it out there. Because that's where they need more. Hello? Am I making sense tonight? All right, let's move on. Verse 16. 
say, hold it fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labor in vain. Let's go. Yes. And if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Meaning if I die as a result of everything and then you are doing well in Christ, I'm happy because you are doing well. Next verse. For the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. Continue. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know of your state. I mean, I'm going to send Timothy to you so that when he gives me a report of how you're doing, I'll be happy. That's somebody in prison. Marry this statement with what he said in verse 3. Esteeming others above yourself. He's in prison. He's not so concerned about his welfare. He wants to know how they are doing. For those of you that like complaining that nobody, nobody's asking after you. Who are you asking after? No, sorry. I only asked the question. Uh, people are looking at Philippians chapter 2. Apostle Paul should have been saying people should come and greet him in the prison, right? But instead, he's saying, I want to send somebody to come and check you guys. I'm the one in chains. You're the one that is free, but I want to check on you. Say, they did not, my HOD did not call me and I had a headache. 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 Common headache. Okay. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Not me that. Show this in your Bible. Uh-huh. Correct. He said, For I have no one like minded who will sincerely care for your state. Now, talking about every other person, why he's sending Timothy. Timothy is the one person that thinks like him. So he's sending Timothy to you because Timothy is like him. Like a son. Alright, let's go down. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character. That as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. Yet I consider it necessary to send you, okay, hold up, First Timothy. Now the reason why Paul could send Timothy to them was because Timothy had a proven character or a proven record. Can Jesus send you anywhere? Wherever you go to, does your character reflect Christ? Can the church of God say, okay, we need somebody to go somewhere? You go. Because your character and your lifestyle is a reflection of the gospel. Remember, it was Paul that said that we have become the living episodes, right? So he was sending Timothy because Timothy was an episode. Okay. Next. Next verse. Say, yet I consider it necessary to send to you Ephroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and the one who ministered to my need. Now, this guy was with them in Philippi, 
But when they locked Paul up, he was the one that they sent. And you know, back in the day, Roman soldiers were so, were so, were, were so brutal that they could jail the, pri- the, the, the guy that's coming to greet the prisoner. Yeah. Going to greet Paul because Paul was, was, was arrested because of the gospel, right? He was teaching the gospel. He was, he was trying to exalt Christ even, even above the Roman Empire, which was against their custom. So whoever was seen with him was liable to face the same problem that Paul was facing. Because it means that you believe the same thing that he believed. But he took the risk. Listen. These two guys, Timothy and Ephroditus, were people that did not consider their life. They only considered the gospel. And so the reason why Paul was mentioning them was to strengthen the faith of the brethren there. That this is how you're supposed to live. Your life should be all about the gospel. This guy went to see Paul and became so sick that he almost died. I want to stop reading because of time. I'm just telling you everything. So verse 30. He became sick to the point that he was sick unto death. But for God's mercy. Paul called him. He said, a soldier with me. Your servant, but a soldier. Now a soldier is one that does not abandon his post. He takes to the instruction he has been given and is faithful to his command. Christ was faithful to the desires of the Father. He was so faithful that even when the death did not make sense, he still died. Check the garden now. He was, even, he was saying, that is the parcel. Abi? At the time, he now said, okay, I got this. Not my will. Because the death on the cross was not funny. But a faithful soldier does not consider whether the assignment is funny or not funny. He does not consider whether it is convenient or not convenient. You know, nowadays we have very convenient Christians. We serve God when it's convenient. God goes on vacation when it's no longer convenient. He says, Ephroditus is a co-soldier. He's my brother. We walk our zeal, our wish, our meat. Just like Jesus said. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that has saved me and finish it. That's the mind that was in Christ. His mind was consumed with what the Father wants. What fills your mind? Love not the word. Neither the things of the word. For he that loveth the word, the love of the Father is not in him. So if the things of the word and the love of the word fills your mind, it means you do not have the mind of Christ. All Aphrodite and Timothy cared about were doing the things of the gospel. What do you care about? Let heavy rain fall. On a service day. Thank God for internet. Yeah. Thank God for the internet. You know, people mistrust for things as trivial as what to wear. What to wear. I don't have a new cloth. 
I've worn this cloth too many times to church. If I wear it, people will remember the cloth. I'm this close to asking you something. <laughs> I'm this close. I'm this close. I'm helping myself not to, not to say something anything. But even infirmity did not stop this guy from ministering unto Paul. The fact that his own life would be in danger did not stop him from going to meet Paul at the prison yard to minister to him. But one small thing like this, you can serve God. If as most even go as far as saying, eh, if God does not do this for me, I will not serve him again. I will not go to church again. I better verse. Who lose? Eh? As much as it gives God joy over one sinner that repents, if you now say because of buff buff or cheese balls, you will not serve God again. Who lose? It's like a child telling the father, I will not be your child again because you do not buy me ice cream. Who is going to be sleeping on that bridge? Eh? Does it change the father's account balance? Your decision to walk away from God because of material things, does it make God ungodly? He's still the Almighty. He does not remove his might. So he was telling the church, see these two guys? These are examples of how you're supposed to be. These are the way you're supposed to live your life. You know, none of us have become fair weather Christians. When it's good, God is good. When there's a trial, God has abandoned me. Yeah. Oh, you've not heard people say it. In fact, some of us do that shout that Jesus did on the cross more than Jesus. Elaine, Elaine. Lama, Saba, Tane. Every week. Elaine, Elaine. Lama, Saba, Tane. One small problem. Elohim, Elohim. Lama. Saba. Tani. Somebody break your heart. Elohim, Elohim. Lama. Saba. Tani. Your boss gives you query in the office. Ah, Elohim, Elohim. Because we think trials are pointers of abandonment. Some of us have abandoned, we see, we have accused God several times of being a bad father. But he's a good father. He does not abandon no. Did he not say it in his word? He said, he said, would a nursing mother forget her suckling baby? He says, yes. Yea. He said, but even I will not. So even if a nursing mother, see, when, when there's war, Eh? It's all man for himself. So there are some situations where a nursing mother will leave the suckling child for her own safety. He said, but he will not do that. 
So every time you get upset with God that things are not working, you are reacting in a wrong way. Because that things do not work does not mean that God has forgotten or left you alone. Did he not tell you that I'm with you to the ends of the earth? I thought he said that. Has he become a liar? If he did not lie before, is it because of your small issue that's going to turn, turn, turn himself to a liar? He has handled big things he did not lie. Then your inconsequential issue will not turn him to a liar. Mbano, not possible. So stop feeling abandoned. Instead, be a soldier. There's this hymn I like. There's a place to serve Jesus, I sing from my heart. Right? Do you know it? Yeah, some very old-time people like us. You'd always be with us when we do our part. Right? The chorus makes me very happy. I love him far better than in days of your. I'll serve him more truly than never. Before I'll do as he beats me, whatever the cost, I'll be a true soldier, I'll die at my post. Come rain, come sun. Right? That's what it means to have the mind of Christ. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.